When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. <laughs> I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I'm Bryce. <laughs> I know. I was, I was mute on that my one. My New Year's resolution is that I'm Bryce, and my catchphrase is yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, everybody. Okay. Welcome back to a brand new year. Uh, it's Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always... Bryce Johnson. ...is your other host, and our super producer... Is Riley Bray. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the show. It's been a couple weeks. We took the holidays off, and now it's 2020. Amazing. The year where everything gets solved. Fuck yeah. Right? The year of disclosure. The year of disclosure. The year Bryce... <laughs> It comes out with the fact that he found Bigfoot. Yeah, pretty in much. In the Oregon forest. Yeah. You guys have all been watching that on Travel Channel. Yep. Sunday nights. Expedition Bigfoot. A little, little plug right up top. Nice. Um, Riley. Yeah. Any New Year's resolutions? Just to keep on rocking, baby. Oh, wow. <laughs> Bryce, what about you? Are you a New Year's resolutions guy? Yeah, I am. I think there's a lot of power that comes in the New Year, so I always try and do something. You, can I get kind of? personal we sure. can cut this if we don't yeah you quit drinking yeah i would take so i was a huge drinker and i would take like january's off to clean out the old liver and then <laughs> sober uh, jans and to the yeah yeah clean jan now it's like in october sober jan sounds like the ant that sober everyone's jans. slowly welcoming back <laughs> into the family <laughs> well in 2010 i was like i mean my liver i think was ready to fucking quit on me but anyway so i got through january and i was like maybe i'll extend to february I got through February, and I was like, "Fuck! If I can get through a year, I think I can do this." And so that it's been it's been ten years. Oh my god! Congratulations! Oh, That's you. fantastic. Right. Thank you very much. Uh, mine's not so impressive. I'm gonna draw more. I'm gonna get back into drawing. <laughs> drawing is uh, cool, yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe drink less too. <laughs> yeah. uh, I want to welcome our guest because uh, we're just putting him in the silent corner. He's a writer, an actor, and performer. You may know him from such shows as Key and Peele or Adam's ruins everything the uh, or the improvised shakespeare company and mega the podcast right here on campfire media ladies and gentlemen please welcome to the show greg hess hey yeah. guys thanks so much for having me hey. i feel like i should have a bryson my name though to be in here i know right <laughs> right i'm bill bryson bill bryson, bryson. Yeah, that works. Great. yeah i know i constantly call bryson riley riley and bryce i switched that i call them briley sometimes <laughs> yeah you're like a mother of three yeah. sons yep um, when you get flustered because we're yeah. Brent, 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 yeah. playing here. drums on the pots and pans. My mm. mom would go through all the pets' names before she finally... She would say my sister, then she would go through all the pets, mm. and then finally find Michael. Aw. 
and he was always <laughs> hiding under the bed, <laughs> drinking um, out of the dog. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> wearing a collar and saying, "Ruff, ruff, ruff!" Please refer to me as a dog from now on. Uh, Greg, do you uh, do you do New Year's resolutions? Uh, do I do New Year's resolutions? I feel like I've tried them before, and I, I've never been great at sticking with them. Mm-hmm. Although. I don't know. After hearing that story, I was like, "Yeah, that's great." I'm gonna gonna start. I'm gonna start drinking more now. I need to probably cool it too. Um, But I have, you know, the only thing that I've ever stuck with um, is um, meditation, and I just realized that I've I've just crossed my one year mark of meditating every oh, day congrats. Yeah. wow so do you tm i do tm oh That's did amazing. you do the class i did the class did yeah. david was david lynch did david lynch ever show up david lynch never showed up oh, that was why i did it um what about katie perry katie perry wasn't there either Damn. there was a there was a woman next to me, to me that um basically cited all those people as the reason she came and then after one day of the training said she couldn't stop meditating as in she would never get out of <laughs> oh no the meditative i can't tra- stop <laughs> really and i'm dressed like a walking candy <laughs> right. cane oh yeah she was dressed in a lot of flowy garb mm. um so yeah that's the i guess that's the only thing i've ever really done where i said i'm gonna do this i'm not gonna i'm, I'm gonna do it every single day well, do you I do it twice a day? Or twice a day. Twice a day. Yeah, How has right it been? What happens? How is it affecting your life? Well, I, I I guess, you know, I had tried meditating a lot before, like with a mindfulness app. And it was always one of those things where I was like, this is something I should do because mm. it's supposed to be good for you. And I'm kind of a, I'm just a, a little bit of like a stress case, but I I always internalize the stress. And so I, I, I could feel myself like I would get like chest pain and stuff. And I was like, I'm. 38 years That's old some like anxiety said, yeah and so um i would i did all these other meditation styles but i would they would drive me crazy i'd do them for 10 minutes i would think about the grocery list that i was making in my head etc and then i just did tm because a couple of my friends who were writers do it and they said it was the only one they've ever been able to stick with mm. and honestly the biggest things are just i've no anxiety and i just feel i don't get um like tired really in the afternoons and stuff i just have a a lot of energy and i don't know it's a trip it's trippy it's cool that's fantastic yeah i'm taking notes um i have my phone out it looks like i'm texting but i'm writing this down um do you uh walk us through a little bit of without in without giving away the secrets without giving away the (laughs) secrets (laughs) walk us through a meditation when you're TMing? What TMing. Okay. I don't know. Transcendental meditation. Transcending. Yes. Transcending. When you're transcending. Um, like what happens? Yeah. Like, because I, I wonder if people at home who are yeah. listening might think like, do you see shit? Do you contact something? Uh, do you really like go blank? Like what? Do you have a mantra? And if so, I'm sure we can't know it. But <laughs> like what? Walk Weirdly, us it's th- Bigfoot. I'm, yeah, um, Bigfoot, <laughs> Bigfoot, Bigfoot. Yeah, so the basic shape of it is it's 20 minutes twice a day, um, once in the morning and usually I, uh, once in the afternoon. I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. That seems like a huge commitment. It's huge. It really is. But then it's so weird because it's so it's been so easy. It doesn't seem like a huge commitment now um, because I used to kind of bug out when I had to do something for 10 minutes, like a, a Mindspace app for 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah. So now it doesn't seem like a commitment. In fact, if I 
like I was in New York this week and I only did one on one of the days and I actually re- like I felt kind of weird that I hadn't done the afternoon one. I guess it's kind of like going to the gym or something. I was like going to say all you got to do is look at the screen usage time on your iPhone and go, yeah. "Oh shit, I spent 4 hours <laughs> yeah. on social media apps?" Yeah. I could probably fit in 2-20 minutes a day for meditating. Totally. Yeah, how are you working in all your Instagram now? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? I do it while I meditate. No, <laughs> yeah, it is true like um yeah, all that the two times twenty minutes day that I walk around and rage about um, like what's on the news. I just now devote to meditation. That That's makes awesome. sense. Um, so, does do you do you have you like what's your wildest moment of meditating? What well, happened? I feel like I've had well, maybe to go back to your first question, the TM technique is it's pretty straightforward. They just basically say, um, you know, you're gonna you're gonna sit quietly for twenty minutes. You're going to repeat this mantra that we'll teach you, and at some point, that mantra will kind of like fade away because your your body almost goes into a, something similar to like REM sleep. It's it's like delta sign or delta wave brain waves. So you'll kind of be meditating, and then you'll feel like for me, it's almost like lucid dreaming a little bit. Like I'll start th- maybe thinking about something, and I'll realize like oh. I'm not really doing the mantra anymore. And then when you do that, you're supposed to sort of start the mantra back up again. So you go through these waves of like, uh, I'm getting kind of thinky or something's like I'm starting to think about like my groceries. And then why am I always thinking about my groceries? I don't know. And you're, then, you're by obsessed. the way, grocery obsessed. <laughs> I've never been to a grocery store. That's probably why I'm thinking about it. Your um, girlfriend comes home and it's just like, I saw the picture of cantaloupes, <laughs> yeah. heads of lettuce and Sorry, tomatoes babe, I can't, on your computer. What is stop. going on? I was meditating. I thought this was supposed to fix this problem, <laughs> Greg. So then, um, yeah, then I'll then you kind of just go back and forth between those two things, and then before you know it, twenty twenty minutes is kind of coming on. Now, do you have? Do you set a timer? What yeah. pulls you? I set a little thing called. Uh, it's an insight timer. It's a meditation timer. Oh, I was going to say, because my next question is, what does the alert on a meditation timer sound Ding, like? You have achieved enlightenment. It truly is. It is kind of like you can choose any number of um, fancy gong noises that I've never, you know, didn't know <laughs> yes. the names of these gongs before. But it's like a Kang Si gong or a, oh, yeah, yeah, a good gong. Uh, really? See? Okay. Oh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> know. Oh, Riley, I was, gonna, I was turning to you to be like, what are all the different gongs? Yeah, this you guy know? knows yeah. his gongs. Yeah, there's somebody you know, here that knows gongs. It's this guy. Don and I went through uh, the TM courses oh you did yeah and you actually it's like a, a one-time fee and it lasts throughout your lifetime and you can get checkups anywhere they have uh anywhere they teach tm all over the world don's kept up with it and i found it almost impossible to stay consistent so really? i applaud you i think it's really tough to commit to uh twice a day every day i, I love that our listeners are coming back after us being off for a couple of weeks and they're like these guys are really into TM now. I think <laughs> I think I think Bigfoot Collectors Club is owned by Big TM. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's it is something that I just decided like this was the one that I'm gonna like attack, for lack of a better word. And then I've now that I'm in it, I've kind of stuck with it and, and I really dig it. But so a I totally year. It. A, now I think I'm a little over a year. That is fantastic. That's amazing. Uh, what? So can we ask what your yeah. wildest? Like, was there one where you came out and you were like, it was like the end of the like uh, the, the the sledgehammer video where you're like sitting up in bed and you're soaking wet? 
Well, you know what? I haven't had any of the... And you're a puppet yeah. of Ronald Reagan. <laughs> right. And I'm under the bed, and somebody's <laughs> calling me Michael. Um, yes. It turns out yeah. you're just yeah. me. I'm you living in your <laughs> yes. childhood, and drinking out of a dog can't bowl. remember your name. Yeah. And I'm like, Carolyn. Is oh my God. Name? I have this so whole good. podcast has been your meditation it the really entire has, time. guys. Well, DM works. <laughs> welcome to my meditation. Oh, my God. Someone just had a heart attack. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah. Um, I haven't had any soup. I mean, I've definitely had some trippy... Um, meditations, but I can't really remember them. I will tell you a friend of mine, though, who I was just talking to about this, um, since we are in, swimming in the waters of uh, oh, the, we're dipping our toes the in supernatural. Baby. She said she was doing, she's been a long time TM meditator, and one time she's sitting in her apartment, she starts meditation, and she says, as if, she said this was as real as anything that's ever happened to me. She opened her eyes and she was sitting at a dinner table with a family that was not hers. And oh, it was shit. clearly like Whoa. a long time ago. Whoa. And she was dropped in somewhere else. She huh? dropped, past life regress. She, she basically astral projected or something. <gasps> and she said she opened in her eyes and people at the table looked at her and everybody like jumped screamed and then she like opened her eyes and she was back at what? her apartment they in New York. They thought she was Whoa. a ghost. Yeah. That's true. I thought that was cool. That Do you know trippy. really cool. That's fucking rad. Guess yeah. whose new New Year's resolution is to TM <laughs> yeah. all day, every TM day, baby. Up, I think I'm start drinking heavily. I'm a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll do both. Yeah. Um, what era do you know what era it was, i don't know roughly? but she does she does uh live in a really old uh building in the east village and so i always like to believe that she was in her own apartment you know like in 1910 18, yeah in 1890 or something and it was <gasps> it was that family that was living there that that could be a theory that like fantastic. all these people who are like you know in some zen meditation are actually the ghosts that are haunting all these people in places they just tap into some or other who knows? Well, Project in astrally. Grant Morrison's book, The Invisibles, mm-hmm. the way they time travel is like through meditation and astral projection. There you go. Now, I'll tell you another cool uh, meditation uh, story is there's a really great meditator, meditation teacher, Jack Kornfeld, who if anybody's interested in- <laughs> That name like, rings a bell. Yeah, Buddhist meditators. He's kind of one of the guys that- was around with like Ram Das and yes, yeah. that's how I know him. So um, through my friend Ram Das, <laughs> through your friend Ram Das. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's cool, man. Yeah. You know Ram Das? Rami, I'm pretty sure. Ram Ram. We were going around dog. in the '60s doing Doll's acid. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Kornfeld has a story about when he first started meditating. He was a he was going through uh, a Buddhist monastery in Thailand, and that he he was meditating and he got up and he walked to his window. And he looked out and he saw all these monks in the forest in Thailand. And he was thinking about, you know, oh, wow, this is so beautiful. And he turned around and looked back and saw himself meditating. Mm. And then he realized like he was out of his mind. <laughs> so, That's incredible. Out of then, his body. Out of his body, yeah. And then sort of opened his eyes and he was like back in his body. Have you mm. experienced anything I've near not. that? No. I'm only a year in. I feel oh. like you know, I know. <laughs> life is full of surprises. Yeah, I have. I haven't had anything like that yet. I hope to. I mean, if I if I wake up at a dinner in 1905, I'm just gonna be take awesome. a picture. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. Ooh, try the pheasant. turkey. This yeah. is a phone. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a ghost. I'm actually from the future. Right. Blood pudding, please. Uh, Bryce Riley, any moments in your life that you can remember through meditation that kind of blew your minds? 
of any kind. Bryce, did you you did you You know when I first, like I I like you started it when I was experiencing a lot of stress in my life and super and I was like I need to find a tool to alleviate some of this. So I that's when I got into that. And the I the first month or two, I it was it was very powerful and I would experience like like a like a wooziness, like a real dizziness and Craig's like a light head. a lightheadedness. And then as I lost consistency, that feeling started to go away, and I and I have not maintained consistency. I'm ever shocked. Since. I'm shocked as someone who knows a lot about lucid dreaming, and I mm. think at one point was practicing lucid dreaming pretty heavily, Bryce. Mm-hmm. That you didn't like, you had like a lucid dreaming journal. That seems like way more work than so much TM. more work. Yeah. So what what was it? If we're going to play TM therapy, what was it that made you go, fuck this? I think I, I'm such a results-oriented person. And if like I start to feel like the results taper off, then I then I lose interest. And, and for me, it started to like the results of that, like those powerful meditative experiences, to, which is what they all say is going to happen. They're like, not every, you know, sit down is going to blow your fucking mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, as, as I felt that, uh, you know, some of those what i just said basically it the, the results started to taper off and then so did my interest now i will say and i just read about this is and because my my wife was doing tm2 and she was kind of getting frustrated cause she was like seems like you're always like dropping into to these deep meditative states and, and i actually am not I or avoiding should. going into grocery stores <laughs> <laughs> why won't you go grocery shopping i'm thinking about it um she uh was sort of like had a lot of interesting meditations and then it was tapering off. Mm. And something I read was that once your body has sort of like gotten rid of a ton of like, like stress chemicals, like hormones and stuff, like when you meditate, like cortisol and all those things that you get rid of while you sleep, um, also like you're getting rid of that stuff. So like, as you become less stressed, Mm that you'll feel like you won't have those like kind of like woozy sensations and all that. And then when people they're like, Oh, I'm not doing it as deeply or whatever. It's it's actually kind of a cleanse. Yeah. It's kind of a good sign actually, Mm. if you're not feeling like totally rocked by it. Cause there are some people that, that come out of it after the first few days and are like, like the woman I was telling you about was like, I can't stop. I'm in it. Like, and I can't stop. I time traveled. So I'm (laughs) in. Um, so yeah, that is one thing I read that I thought was interesting, but you know, to each his own. Yeah. Riley, you, anything? I used to be really into meditation when I was like a teenager and into my early twenties. It's called masturbation, buddy. (laughs) No, that was, that was, those were really, (laughs) started with masturbation, then got into meditation. Uh, then just got into smoking weed. No. Um, and masturbating more. (laughs) That's the holy trifecta. That's what you gotta do. It's the church. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, no, but I got, you know, I got, I got be here now when I was a teenager and, and that got me going. And, uh, uh, that's Ram Dass. That's Ram Dass yeah, book. Exactly, yeah. yeah, which is uh, every teenager should own Be Here Now. Mm. I, I firmly I believe. I would argue every adult should own Be Here Now. Too. Yeah, the teenager in every adult should own Be Here Now. Yeah. yeah, but yes, I and yeah, there was all kinds of profound feeling moments. But I think you also tend to feel more profound when you're 19 and trying to meditate and ponder the universe. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, life gets going and I, I, I kind of fell off on it. And it's something that's always been in the back of my mind. Actually, I studied Buddhism in college as part of my major. And I'm really in into the idea of me meditating, but I haven't been doing it for 
Guys, any regularity. Should we start meditating again? I right actually now. know what happened. I <laughs> yes. I took up weed again, and and that oh. became my meditation. I would go into these deep medis- meditative moments, uh, just of smoking weed, and I would like that served as my meditation. Although. I- that's probably not. I, that's, I know that's literally the opposite. I know this wasn't. The, I know this wasn't the lesson that I should take from that moment, right. Bryce. But I no. suddenly flashed to the three of us and Greg. If you'd like to join in a like cabin in Joshua Tree, just yep. doing shrooms and recording a podcast. Great, yeah, I'm in. That's a very special episode. Oh my god! Only one like of them. We got the Jetski. Yeah, we got exactly. the jet ski special. Yeah. We've got the Shaver Lake special. Now we've got the Joshua Tree shroom cabin special. Yeah. We got a lot of work to do. I remember one time I was on an airplane, this is years ago, maybe right after I moved out here, I was still in college, and I had like a little anxiety about flying, and I was like, just like in that moment before, like, you know, we're sitting, I was sitting on the plane, they were boarding, and I did this thing that I, I, where I was like, I'm going to close my eyes and imagine that uh, I'm sitting here, and as we start, I'm going to start to like dissolve the plane around me mm-hmm. and take out all the seats and then just have my seat floating in the air. And then as we took off, I was still kind of in that headspace and I dissolved the seat. And so it was just me in the point of space sitting, flying through the sky. And as I did that, like, one the 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 I, I don't know why and I should probably discount this but because we're like into like no 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 uh the image of beast from the X-Men came into my mind cool. like the blue blue hairy guy so I, so he was there I don't know why <laughs> I'll help you fly, Mike. Yeah, but because he doesn't fly. I was gonna say, is that one of that beast powers? <laughs> no, right not at all. Yeah. But, but it, it was, I just remember like, why am I flying? Image, yeah, I just remember the image of the beast. <laughs> so that happened, and then and maybe that was just like clutter clearing out of my brain. Because then right after that, I saw three words appear, like zooming at me through the sky, and the first word was love. Came in in like bright, blocky white letters. And then the next word was imitate. Mm. Mm. And then the last word was succeed. And then that was. Yeah. Well, just kidding. (laughs) But I was like, okay, first lesson, love. Yeah. Imitate, I was like, well, I'm an actor. That's like what we do is we imitate. I was like 20, 21 maybe when this was happening. And then succeed felt like be ambitious, be succeed at both of those things. Succeed at love, succeed at imitation. And then there's like imitation is a form of flattery, you know, it's the most sincere form. So there was, I don't know why those three things stuck, jumped out at me, but I've always kind of like in moments since where I've been a little like, I'll fall back on those. And I feel like they were sort of like in the order of importance was like love first, imitation, which is art. So after love, there's art. And then after art is success or commerce. And you it know explains what I mean? your neck tattoo. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> which you were like, why does it say love? Yeah. Well, I can and then why is, like, why is there the beast from the X-Men <laughs> right. with a word balloon that says love imitates? Totally. Which was an ambitious tattoo to get yeah, to be an actor. Which is just like, I, I mean, know. that guy's going to get specific Maybe. parts. <laughs> I don't know. This, this all might be a little TMI or, uh, I love you it. know. 
But 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 even I felt like unpacking that. I don't know where the beast falls in. But being like, oh yeah, love is the most important. Art is second important, and then 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 profiting or succession or you know whatever. And succeed can mean a, a million things, you know. I yeah. still don't know what success means, obviously. Mm. But uh, anyway, <laughs> obviously? well, I mean, I don't know. To me, success is a state of mind. That's right? true. Yeah, yeah. Right. So there you go. So that feeds yeah. into it. All I right. Mean, well, I was uh, gonna say on that note. I mean, I think for me with meditation too, it's like it's not something that I'm trying to get something out of it or some sort of message or realization. I think when I was younger, that's, I approached like that. Like I'm going to have a profound realization now and then try really hard to realize something. And, and I think that what I've taken from meditating a lot when I was younger and not so much now is just making it more of like a mind state that sort of is on all the time. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just when you're walking, like that's a meditation yeah. or, you know, when I'm editing audio, that's a meditation and just try to, bring that might say so it's not so much about some profound realization as yeah. just like an inner stillness overall that's it man I, you've, you're there i totally <laughs> right. yeah. no that's exactly right i totally dig that and i think too like it it that that is something i've had to teach myself in a lot of different ways which was like trying instead of always trying to approach things with what is what can I get out of it mm. of trying to and actually talking about shrooms? I just had this crazy <laughs> shroom trip. Oh my god, uh, really? Yeah, let's hold that thought. Okay, we're gonna great. take a quick break, <laughs> and when we come back, more with Greg Hess and his shroom trip. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> And we're back and with we're Greg back. Hess. Greg, we ask all of our guests, what is your personal paranormal history? And let's begin with this strange trip that you had. Where were you? <laughs> I, so my wife and I just took a real, a weird adventure where we, um, we were supposed to be back on the East Coast uh, this month in August because my parents had built a house and we were like, you know what? We're just going to like make a long road trip. We're going to go see the house. We're going to see all my family. Turns out the house wasn't finished and nobody could come. So <laughs> we had already sublet our Turns place. Turns out my parents are have logical <laughs> yeah, yeah. My parents, there you was guys no haven't house. left yet, have you? <laughs> it was so weird. There was no house. And they all their identities were gone and we can't find them. Anyway, that's not the paranormal part. But they, um, we, this, so we had already sublet our place here in LA to a friend of mine. And we we're like, well, where do you want to go for a month? And so we just went to Mexico for a month cool. down the Baja. And while we were there, so I'll start by saying I don't have a ton of paranormal belief or um, experience. I I generally don't think about it, and it's not something that really consumes my (laughs) thoughts. However, us either. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, guys, are you sure? I'm definitely not. Walls. <laughs> definitely not me after a year of TMing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we took uh, a month. We rented this little pit place down in La Mission, which is like this kind of like little surf town. Did you bring sister with you? We brought sister. My dog's name is Sister. Full disclosure: cool. Greg lives across the street from me. We do, and we walk and our dogs by, by each other twice a day because sister is adorable, and my dog Violet wants to bite her throat it's weird man those dogs dogs have an unspoken beef it's crazy because sister is adorable she has beefs with other dogs too that were like what is going on i'm not sure why you hate this dog but they have their own language i apologize here Uh, in public it's really no problem i've spoiled her rotten (laughs) so yeah we went down we rented this little place and we sort of just decided we were gonna like be open to whatever happened 
Um, and that's cool. Yeah. It how was did that cool. conversation go? Like, well, when did that come up and how did that go? It was kind of like a mentality, to be honest, where we both were, had been meditating and we were just like, look, we don't know why. Cause we found this place like super last minute. It all worked out. Like the, the dude who we rented the place from ended up being like really chill and just like a great guy who, who we were like friends with now. And he, he was coming visited us. Wow. Like meditation um, does work. Yeah, I guess it does. <laughs> and then. We, I, I mean, stuff like this just kept happening, and this sounds so, like, California hippy-dippy, but, like, we're at this coffee shop, and a guy comes up, and he's like, and Holly's like, my back is, like, really hurting, and this guy starts talking to us, and he's like, I'm, uh... I'm actually a chiropractor and I just moved here. And I was like, Holly, do not see this like <laughs> weird chiropractor like, in the middle of I'm nowhere. I'm a black doctor you guy. You said <laughs> <let> <laughs> be open. <laughs> and then um, suddenly you and the chiropractor <laughs> are like hooking up. Uh, I'm tied up in his base. I'm under his bed drinking a bowl of water. Um, and so, yeah. So, and then we met, met this chiropractor. He's from Hawaii. He's like the best, truly the best chiropractor we'd ever been to. We're like, this guy's great. And one day he's like, hey. I think I should give you guys some shrooms. And we were like, right on, brother. Oh, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it was it was wild. And then so we ate these shrooms. Um, and I think I did have maybe like the closest experience that I've ever had to being like, whoa, I'm like in I like am deep in the matrix what on these happened? things. Took the hero's Where were dose. you? Give us the whole. Okay. Just tell us the whole so, story. <laughs> so we we went out to the beach um, at like m- the middle of the day in kind of a deserted part of this beach, which super safe. If anyone's going to take drugs in an illegal country, just go out to a, f- <laughs> a middle of nowhere beach. Um, and I mean, I guess I got to tell this whole story. Yes, it's yeah. okay. So we take the shrooms, and they were. Um, most of the, all the shrooms that I've ever had were dried. These were not dried. These were like plucked from the ground. Nice. So and by ground we mean a cow pie. Yeah, right. A cow cow pie <laughs> or what? Yeah, goats or whatever yeah. are down there. I will tell you immediately. These were like nothing I had ever experienced for the entire day, probably six hours. I heard a drone noise that was as loud as like a. It was like the sound of a drum mm. beating over my head, like everywhere. Though, do you know like, the rhythm? Can you repeat it? It was like whoa, 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 like that. Yeah, really deep and loud. So, but like, kind of like earth noise. Yeah, that's exactly. It's like that's like the earth noise. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and we're out in this beautiful place. Everything's great. But then these things started to happen. Like, um, well, one, I died at one point and dissolved through the sand on the beach and like kind of went through this whole death experience where I was really cool. Like, don't skip past a moment of that. Okay. So uh, my body dissolved. I had the very specific experience of like, oh, I'm just going to dissolve into this earth. Everything's fine with that. Um, Gosh, you know now, try, you know, trying to put it's hard to ephemeral experience. It's kind of like words recounting a dream in a it way. Is, yeah, but I will tell you some some funny things that happened. One was at one point I looked up, and a woman on a horse was riding down the beach, just the solo woman. And I looked at Holly, my wife, and I was like, "Do you see that?" And she was like, "Yeah, totally." And this rider is coming closer and closer, and we're like, "Oh my god." <laughs> She's got a message. <laughs> yeah, she does. And like she's getting closer and we're like, here it comes. Like, what is she gonna tell us? And it truly was like Lawrence of Arabia style, like yeah. where, down this like beautiful Baja beach. This woman gets up to us so, so that I could see the sweat on the horse. Like that is how close. 
10 feet away. And right as she, <laughs> right as we're both like, yes, horse lady. <laughs> She turned around and just went back the other way. Oh, and no. we started laughing so hard. We were like, we weren't worth it. Like, <laughs> like, whatever message she had, we were not worth it. And it was like one of the great images from my entire life. In my uh, life. We're uh, ready for your message. Yeah. But, I, but I, that's what I love about when you're on shrooms. And I have not done them for a long time. But like... The, it you do go into dream time where you're like everything's a symbol Everything and everything is that is yeah i remember being like in college one of the first times i did it, i like sat my friend down under a tree and i was like you sit here and i'm gonna go out i'm gonna bring you three messengers totally the same thing you know what i mean yes and i would go get one of our friends and sit them down and be like now this person's going to say something that I wrote. I mean, I'm sure this is like not fun for anybody else, but, <laughs> but, but I think he actually appreciated it. But, but you do go like, you start to see the sort of like symbolic structural stru- structure of reality. Yeah. And you go, Oh, let's, let's pay attention. The world is full of meaning. I mean, you can either live two ways that the world is meaningless or that everything has meaning. And uh, I've experienced more of the latter, like in in some of those states and not in some of those states. But I think you know that's that's why people experience synchronicities is they're they're tapped into those those meaningful coincidences and they are abound, you know. So I will say, and so this this is actually the end of and going actually hand in hand with what you're saying, Bryce. So I have this deep trip, lots of intense just. Anything else jump out at you? We love these. Okay, the most intense thing yes. that has nothing to do with the trip. At one point, I was like, Holly, the old stomach is feeling rough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like, what are you going to do? I was like, well, I think I'm going to go by these rocks, and I'm just going to let my body do what it needs to do. Yes. And <laughs> there's a beautiful boulder, and I barf, and I was like, okay, that's fine. And then I was like, no. There's more. <laughs> We're I not think I'm going to shit my pants. <laughs> oh, no. And, you know, I was like, but when you're on shrooms, you're kind of like, yeah, that's just what, this is that's what just the body what this, does. Yeah. And so at one point she said she looked and I'm gripping this boulder as if I've just, you know, as if I'm Vitruvian man, like crawling out of the sea, like the, the like primordial man. Like, uh, like, is my it down f- by the water? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right next to the water. My face is coming out from around the rock. And she said, I, I just had the most scared look on my face. And <laughs> as I, she just sees just, you know, like the, my front half, like, and she's like, she started laughing. And I was like, yeah, that's my wife laughing at me. And then I turned to the right where there is no boulder. And a small Mexican family is standing there. <laughs> Mother, child, father. <laughs> The child is maybe six, and I'm not kidding. They were just trying to have a nice day on the beach. Of course, oh, of course, they and they were. just were staring at me oh, my as God. I was polluting the oh. the the spiritual world. Gringo, and she, truly, <laughs> they just pointed at me and started laughing. And one of them just said, "Gringo," and I started laughing and I just shrugged. I was just like, "This is where we're at." <laughs> So that was the other like kind of supernatural thing that happened. That is really funny. But the end of <laughs> the end of this story is all that happens and we go back to the coffee shop and at the coffee shop this guy comes up to us who is not the um <laughs> chiropractor who gave us the shrooms. He's another guy who says I'm a shaman. Um 
what he just basically came up to us like i'm a shaman what do you all what's going on with you all and we were like i don't know we're just here and he goes do you want to come to a a shamanic session that i'm holding tomorrow absolutely we said we're just going to say yes to everything like, right? listen dude we're shitting in the ocean totally we're taking shrooms from a chiropractor <laughs> like, no, we're there nothing's off limits living on a whimsy so he's a hopi shaman he we go to this <laughs> we go to this basement room of his house it's filled with all manner and sort of religious paraphernalia. Like, You're like, you got a lot of Jurassic Park posters. <laughs> yeah. Why are what's you... The, what's the symbolic <laughs> nature of that? Very sacred Jurassic Park. Why Very are all sacred. these mosquitoes in amber? <laughs> he was trying to clone a dinosaur. Um, we go through a shamanic ritual where it's us and two other people who are there studying with the shaman. We do a vision trip of like you're looking for your spirit animals greg <laughs> he had all these drums going it was that was and, awesome. i mean I, I how deep do we want to get into this uh, it's deep all the way i saw all the way <laughs> i definitely i definitely had a very specific like visual like it uh, not not dissimilar to what you were saying on the airplane like he kind of guided us through this whole thing of like did hank see- mccoy aka the beast show up <laughs> the beast did not show <laughs> up for me which is kind of a bummer now that i know that's a possibility <laughs> yeah. uh, mine was silver surfer <laughs> Rad. yeah he's like that is a very I good surf. sign <laughs> um i mean yeah i saw animal like he was like an animal comes up to you what was your animal well the first animal that came up to me was a red tail hawk which is also really yeah really weird because i see red tail hawks all the time (gasps) and i kind of feel like they're i have a weird like talk about seeing connections everywhere i always see red tail hawks and then i see this red tail hawk and we did this whole thing where like you're supposed to follow it and it lands on a rock. The rock is a certain color that has certain meaning. And then like another animal comes up to you and that has meaning. And that for me was a fox, which is like the the trickster, which is like yep. for actors, like a lot of times like the fox is like a really, I don't know, connected yeah, thing. Yeah, like take it back to Aesop's totally. fables. So we do this whole thing, but here's the supernatural thing that happens. So I, and we, he does like energy work, like puts you on a table lights mat he lit holly my eyes were closed so i don't know but at one point he lit a match and was holding it over my mouth and he would smell it then he'd light a match and hold it over like my heart then he'd smell it then he'd light a match and Mm. hold it over my groin and smell it she said he he went shook his head no shook his head no when it was over my groin he blew it and then he was like yes he like nodded for some reason my groin has match power i don't know what that's Magic groin power. Magic groin power. Dick wizard. (laughs) Hopey dick wizard, dude. (laughs) Some dick energy. (laughs) Um, So all these things happen. Wait, what's the no, no, yes mean? I don't know. Okay. You're just saying she saw him not as... He was checking the the chakras though. That's, that's, yes. That is what he said he was doing. And he did say that I have to like work on connecting like my heart chakra with my throat chakra. Oh, Yeah. I don't know what all these things mean. We were just there for the the ride. Right? I just came down from mushrooms. I don't know. Man. I don't know. I'm just like this <laughs> some Jurassic Park up. fan with a book of matches. Said, Let's do some drugs in his basement. <laughs> Truly. So at the end of the whole thing, I was like, "Wow, that was far out." There was a lot of kind of crazy things happening there. This woman who had been there, um, who was dressed kind of in all white, and this is kind of Holly's story to tell, but I'm going to tell it anyway. She comes up to Holly afterwards, and she goes, "Would you like to see?" where i stay holly was like okay so she leads her back into this bedroom where there's four bunk beds and she goes my daughter and i are staying here and holly kind of looks around 
and there's only one bed is unmade. Like only one person's things are in this room. And she goes, oh, your daughter? And she goes, yeah, my daughter's out having fun right now. Holly's like, okay. And then she goes, would you like to see a picture of my daughter? And Holly said, okay. She leads Holly over to this altar and she goes, you can't touch the picture, but that's a picture of me and my daughter. Holly leans in and looks at this picture and it is a picture of the woman by herself. Oh my God. And Holly goes, that's you, that's your daughter? And she goes, that's me and my daughter. And Holly looks at it again. She's like, there is no one else in this picture. And then she was like, is she pregnant in the picture? And she's saying like, that's me and my daughter. And the woman just goes, that's me and my daughter. And Holly just goes, okay, thank you. That's a really nice picture. Thank you for showing me that. Correct answer. Totally. And then she was like, I think she said one more time, my daughter's out having fun right now. And it was pretty creepy. And we were just like, whoa. And then we left. And that that was it. But that was kind of the only thing we were like, what was going on with that? We're like, was who were, you was look there, like yeah, my daughter scary turn at the end there. <laughs> it did yeah. yeah and it was like if you look at this picture long enough you find yourself in the picture or something yeah, like that. that's right i think like <laughs> yeah. she'll appear next to her in the photo yes she's like i noticed your boyfriend has good dick energy <laughs> i'd like to speak with him next <laughs> no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> shouldn't have eaten those shrimps Whoa. so that's kind of the weirdest thing that's happened to me lately yeah that'll work but yeah. um, anything yeah. from childhood ring a bell while we're here? <laughs> the only other thing that I was going to ask you guys if you had had anybody talk about goat dogs. No. Goat dogs. Specifically, no. No. So the only thing from my childhood that uh, that when you s- sent me an email. Where did you me, grow up? I grew up in Virginia, in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, in the Shenandoah Valley. Oh, yeah. wow. Kind of a little bit deliverancy. Yeah. Um. I had a friend whose dad, and this does kind of feel like a movie, the start of a movie. We were out cave hunting with his dad one time in the woods, and his dad said there was a, like, basically I think was trying to scare us with this, like, legend of the goat dog, which apparently is a goat and a dog that has been bred together. Mm. I've since looked this up, and there are accounts of goat dogs, both in, like, Greek myth but also in like I'm googling it right now. Appalachia stuff. Right. So okay. maybe season 2 of Bigfoot. Yeah, we go after, looking for a goat dog. Goat dog. There's a goat man and there's a dog man. And there's sheep squatch. And sheep squatch. God, sheep, there's a lot sheep of them. Sheep squatch. Yeah, we yeah. haven't done sheep squatch yet on the show, but I think we're going to have won't. to soon. <laughs> oh, I 100% will. So goat dog. So we were out in the woods looking for a goat dog and we were um, sticking branches down cave holes up Dude, like weird. way up in the mountains. And his dad was a really weird guy. Now looking back, I am convinced he was, had some issues. Mm-hmm. And well, one of the issues was he was like a raging alcoholic and the, I think he might have been drunk while we were doing this because he pulled out this giant knife and he went to cut a switch off a tree to stick down in this cave hole to find if there was a goat the dog. The way you say cave hole, cave hole makes me worried that you're not talking about the mouth of a cave. It's like a... <laughs> well, up there, they're not like... The, it, they're almost like narrow little shoots that go down into Shafts bigger... And, yeah. yeah. Oh. And it, so they'll be like... You'll find like cracks in the rocks and then you'll stick a branch down there and there'll be no bottom in it. So you kind of know like... Or you'll feel the air coming up out mm. of it. Got it. 
And so they're kind of scary anyway. And animals fall down there and die and stuff. Yeah. And he went to st- <laughs> he went to cut a switch off a tree to stick down in the hole because he claimed goat dogs would be in these holes. And I was probably like nine or ten. And he cut his thumb off. <gasps> <gasps> he cut his thumb almost clean off his hand. <gasps> and we... I, I mean, I have such a Ooh. visceral memory of just being in the middle of the woods oh with my, my friend God. Caleb and his dad, who was, you know, like in his, I just, he like wore his Vietnam jacket all the time. And he put a knife, basically, like he, he took his thumb, basically. Oh. Did he try not to overreact to be, oops, that <laughs> was, little cut there. Uh, was like, ah, right. man, goat dog got me. Hey, <laughs> no. on, gra- grabbing that thumb real quick. It was one of those things where he, he. I, as far as I remember, I think my friend took off his – he made his friend took off his T-shirt. He was also like a Vietnam like combat veteran and all this stuff. I would go over there and we would shoot M16s like yeah, as a did. little kid. Yeah, he, he would did. just have a um, M16 out and be like, you guys want to shoot an M16? We'd Don't be need like, a thumb yeah. for that. <laughs> totally. And um, yeah, he wrapped the shirt around his thumb and then we like walked home. And it was bleeding. Wow. You've never seen oh anything my like. God. So this Dude, is not I've a supernatural. Stabbed, stri- I've stabbed <laughs> my hand by accident. It was right there, right where by you're my thumb. And boy, oh boy, does that shoot blood out of it. It was a geyser, and I'm, not coming out of that cave. Whoa. So that was the only time I've ever gone searching for anything supernatural. And my dad's buddy cut his thumb. I off. love it. You've That's been on a great. real cryptid hunt. Yeah. So. That's when you Sorry, became guys, a man. I was, I, that's, then that's the day I became a man. Uh, blood sacrifice and all. That's oh, great. my God. All right. Uh, Greg, I, I want to keep talking. We have to move on. <laughs> uh, we've got a game that we like to great. play with uh, all of our guests on the show. Uh, it's called Bullshit. Or Believe It. Oh, my God. Every fuck? time. It didn't, I did it at the right time. I know. Yeah, I Let's try it one button. more time. No, it's the. I thought you were going to say we didn't the... record any of that. Oh, yeah. Listen, none of that recorded <laughs> yeah. at all. Well, whatever. All right. I'm going to go down a list of things. Okay. If you believe in it, say believe it. If you don't, you say bullshit. If you're somewhere in between, you got to pick one or say the Switzerland. other. Say Switzerland. Yep. Uh, on your mark. Get set. Ghosts. Uh, bullshit. UFOs. Uh, believe it. Bigfoot. Bullshit. Little gray aliens. Mm, believe it. Out-of-body experiences. Believe it. Demonic possession. <laughs> Bullshit. The Bermuda Triangle. Bullshit. Alien abductions. Abductions. <sighs> Bullshit. Loch Ness Monster. Bullshit. Time travel. Ooh. Um, believe it. Mothman. Never heard of him. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him a believe it because I don't even know about him. I can't tell him something that bad about himself. Reincarnation. Um, believe it. E- ESP. Bullshit. Haunted houses. Believe it. The Illuminati. Bullshit. There's a face on Mars. There's a face on Mars. Bullshit. Skunk ape. Skunk ape. Believe it. <laughs> Heaven. Bullshit. Hell. What if I believe that? (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Okay. Um, Bullshit. Sea serpents. Um, Believe it. Poltergeists. Bullshit. Chupacabra. Bullshit. Atlantis. Believe it. Life on other planets. Believe it. Parallel dimensions. Believe it. The apocalypse. Bullshit. Life after death. 
believe it, but not in the way you, that we think. Oh, all right. That was good. That was good. That was You're great. very good at inflection. I wish more of our guests were as good <laughs> as you are on that. Let's go down the list because a couple things I really enjoyed. Um, you said uh, UFOs, gray and aliens. You're, yeah. you're into. Yeah, I'm totally into it, especially with all this new stuff with the like fighter pilots. Oh yeah, we, we know oh, all yeah. about legit. that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's totally legit, and it seems just mathematically impossible that we would be the only people in right. our. But abductions, no. Abductions, no. Just because I don't think that. Well. Maybe I the can way- change your mind later in our story of high strangeness. A little uh, foreshadowing ooh. there. I will. I might buy it. Yeah, I'm, that one I'm more borderline on, Good. and especially because you said it like that. You it, you said it in a way that makes me believe that you've had a friend who's been abducted. Mm, maybe interesting. <laughs> maybe. Um, in this room, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Illuminati, Illuminati hard bullshit. Hard bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, How come? Well, just because you know, I don't think. I don't really believe in vast networks of secret societies, even though I was in a secret society. And what? I can tell you that it wasn't um, a it wasn't well organized. Can you tell us what it is? <laughs> yes, I can tell you what it, uh, I can tell you what it was, but I can't tell you anything about it. Oh, what was uh, it? I was in the Bishop James Madison Society. What is that? It's can't a secret society. <laughs> Where? It's a secret society that was formed in 1812. Is this a college thing? It is. Are you a time traveler? Where did you go to Are school? Are you still a member? I am. I guess I am. Yeah. Cool. It was formed. In, I went to William and Mary in Virginia. Okay. The Bishop James Madison Society? That was my secret society. All right. I'm going to look that up. Look it up and I will tell you that it's n- not as impressive as... It, it, the only cool thing about it is that it's old. Got it. <laughs> it's just it. a, all these old secret societies are just old frats. Totally, that's all they are. Yeah, it's just a bunch of people who are like it's frats. With now, cl- do we get to look at each other's penises <laughs> yeah. without our wives or girlfriends interrupting? <laughs> all right, friends, take off your cloaks. Yeah, now. that's what it's all about. <laughs> it's okay, secret time. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna take another break. When we come back, it's time for this week's story of high strangeness. <laughs> Oh, I forgot a very important one off the list of bullshit or believe it, Greg. What? What? Goat dog. Goat dog. Believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Have to believe it. Have to believe it for my own identity. Yeah. My my, origin uh, story. Yeah, my origin story. Well, it's that time of the year again. Goat dog is real as fuck, yo. (laughs) That time of the week in the new year where it's time. For high strangeness. Oh, yeah. And Bryce, you have yep. the honor of kicking off 2020. Oh, great. With our very first high strangeness story of the year. Nice. I love it. And uh, You gave us a little tease, a little tippity tap. You gave us just a tip. I absolutely did. And hopefully I can push uh, Greg a little bit over the edge oh. here to uh, to help him believe in abductions. You push that tip in deeper? Yeah. <laughs> Cut off a thumb or two. <laughs> <laughs> thumb tip. So... In the late summer of 1976, four young art students in their early 20s headed to the Allagash Wilderness Waterway, a densely wooded region in northern Maine, for a canoeing and camping trip. But while they were there, they would all experience something that would alter the course of their lives forever. The great beer, Allagash White. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly right. Yingling. (laughs) Friday, August 20th, twin brothers Jim and Jack Wiener, along with their two friends... Charles Foltz and Chuck Rack loaded up their gear and hit the road for a wilderness excursion 
in the remote region of Maine known simply as the Allagash. To get there, they would have to take a bush plane into the area, which should just give you an idea of how remote the area is. The setting was ideal. Fresh air, crystal clear lakes and waterways, barely a soul in sight. The first few days were everything they had hoped for. The quietness of the outdoors, fishing, friendship, the ideal vacation. Sounds a lot like a good time in Mexico to me. That's yes. right. Was there a horny chiropractor around? <laughs> yeah, no. His name was Chuck Rack. <laughs> <laughs> now, after fishing all day and fighting choppy winds on a place called Chamberlain Lake, they decided to set up camp across a cove where they noticed some other campers who seemed to be calling them over to their campsite. When they get there, a couple of fathers are looking out at the lake searching for their sons who had been gone for quite some time. Now, they asked the fellas if they had seen the boys, to which they reply, yeah, you know, we saw them earlier in the day, but we haven't seen them since. And uh, they were all looking for them with their binoculars when Jim Weiner spots something slow moving out in the distance over the treetops. He sees a round light he would describe as much brighter than a planet, a large spherical round yellowish bright light with a strange quality and that it seemed to slowly hover across the horizon. Wait, who saw this? This is Jim. Uh, Wiener. Jim Wiener. Jim Wiener. Chuck Jim Wiener. I can't uh, tell you that I almost died laughing when you said Wiener. I know. And I, was I, had like, kind of, I had to kind of run over it. Um, <laughs> and then he said it just blinked out. Okay. Now, a short while later, they spotted the two young boys, and the fathers were relieved, of course, and the four didn't think too much more about it. The following, Morgan, the following morning on August 26, the guys paddled out to a place called Eagle Lake to do some more fishing. And by the time they had set up their new campsite, it was starting to get dark. Over the last few days, while they enjoyed their time on the lake, they were getting very few bites. So the boys decided to try their luck at night. Seeing as how dark the nights were, they decided to make a large campfire with flames as high as six feet to serve as a land beacon. Now, especially since the night there was had no moonlight and virtually no sound. No frogs, no crickets, just an eerie silence. So it was right around 7 p.m. They were all in the canoe when all of a sudden, Chuck, he feels a presence of being observed. Chuck Rack. Chuck Rack. He looks behind him and notices a strange ball of light the size of a house where he calls out, Guys, what the hell is that? They all then turned to see a bright, luminous object rising slowly out of the forest about 200 yards away. And then it just stopped and hovered above the trees. Jim remembers thinking that it was the object he spotted the night before in his binoculars, only it was much closer. Jack was immediately anxious as this object was eerily silent and bright like nothing he had ever seen before. It began approaching, illuminating the trees. Jim recalls that it was a strange yellowish-white light like a mini-sun, which was roiling on the inside like, a, like some sort of a plasma. Charles then gets the bright idea to signal it with his flashlight. Ugh, don't so do that. So, he flashes the... <laughs> hey, light! Light's yeah. like light! Yeah. <laughs> Check this light out, light! So he flashes the only signal he knows, SOS, three short three long brilliant and that's when it stops moving stops moving and a beam of light shoots out from underneath it and hits the water then without warning the beam starts moving on a direct course towards the guys they try to paddle faster to, to get away but to no avail now the next thing they remember is their canoe is hitting the beach and the object is hovering above the water about a stone's throw away 
with its beams still hitting the water. They're all standing there watching it. Charles flashes SOS again. <laughs> Only this time it starts moving away at a 45 degree angle and it zooms away. No sound, no engine noise, totally silent until it looked like a star in the sky. I'll be honest, the only thing I know in Morse code is SOS. Bro, why didn't you why didn't you learn how to say something more than SOS? It's cool. <laughs> now, as they're all standing there on the beach in somewhat of a daze, Charles decides to go and inspect the fire pit. But when he gets there, he notices that it's practically out. Nothing left but burning embers. He asks the others, "Should I throw some more wood on it?" To which they reply, Nah, let's, let's hit the hay. We're tired. What if I flash SOS to the fire? <laughs> now, the next morning, they break camp and for the first time start to talk about the strange light they saw in the sky. Later that day, they run into a park ranger and they ask him if he saw anything strange in the night sky. Uh, to which he replied, Oh, what you guys must have seen is, uh, you know, there's a new hardwood store that uh, opened up in Millinock about 90 miles away. I think hardwood? Hard- hardware. I think oh. they rented a couple of those uh, Hollywood searchlights. That must have been what y'all were seeing. Checks mm-hmm. out. Yeah, Get right. Going to open a hardware store. Love that all these southern Hollywood guys are up in Maine. That's good. <laughs> that was my main accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, up there in Millinocket. Um, <clears throat> that was even worse. <laughs> so they all go back home to Boston, mind their own business. They tell a few friends, and everybody says, hey, that's neat. And they go on with their lives. Two hey, th- that's neat. Pretty much. That's the response they got. How did this hardware searchlight shoot a beam into the lake and chase them in a canoe? Well, I'm not done. I know that, but wow, can they just <laughs> let that go? Two years later, <laughs> Whoa. Jim is now an electrician's apprentice. Jim Wiener. And as he's looking for a fuse box, he walks into a small landing with no stairs, falls and lands with an impact, compressing his brainstem forward and striking the front of his skull. Oh, which leaves him with back problems, brain damage, and epilepsy. Jim starts having these recurring nightmares. His friend rushes in, starts flashing SOS at his head. Night after night, he would wake up in the middle of the night in a terrible sweat. Now, 150 miles northwest in Vermont, his twin brother Jack is sharing his recurring nightmares with his wife Mary. It's the same intense dream, night after night. Non-human entities doing strange things to him while he's paralyzed. He talks to his brother Jim, who says, You're not going to believe this, but I've been having the exact same nightmares. Concerned that their dreams uh, were something more, they contacted Raymond Fowler, who served as the director of MUFON at the time, as well as a case investigator. Now He hears the brothers out, and he believes there may be more to their story. Raymond senses the importance of this case, and being the smart man he is, he devises a plan to verify its veracity. He decides to regress each one of the four men separately and individually. He also makes them promise not to tell the others about what is revealed during their regression sessions. That he's going to push them each off a ladder. That's <laughs> <laughs> and even more, after the sessions, he tells the guys to go home and sketch out anything they could remember about the craft, the aliens, the tools they used, anything. Whoa. Now remember, they're all artists here. These sessions would go on for approximately two years, after which he calls them all into a room for the first time since their sessions began for a shocking game of show and tell. And he allows them to share their recalled memories, (laughs) detail by horrifying detail. But it's when they all throw their drawings on the table and see pretty much the same creatures that they knew 
Something more nefarious had taken place that cold night back in the Allagash waterway. The drawings revealed their worst nightmare. They had all been abducted and taken aboard the craft that night in a tubed beam of light. Their captors were non-human with a large ant-like head, large black eyes, thin arms and necks in skin-tight suits. The men were naked and paralyzed as the creatures looked over their helpless bodies. I'll show you a couple of the drawings now. Well, I just want to say, first of all, all of all four of you are amazing artists. Wow. Uh, unfortunately, ex- this will be a shocking game of show and tell. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Whoa, I don't like that. It's almost it like, like Chuck. It, it looks like Chuck Rack to me. It's almost like <laughs> it almost looks like uh, your alien greys, but they're more of a uh, ant ant quality. Just to give you like, another one of their drawings. Look how wow. sick. Oh, yeah. Oh, they have whoa. more of a, like, muzzle. You know, I think this is a real... Is that the end? No. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> just to give you some more of the details about uh, what they uncovered in this regression ser- uh, session. Um, you know, Jim was obviously severely traumatized. Jim Wiener? Yes. He remembers being in a state of terror and thinking, they're going to kill me. They're going to dissect me. I've got to get out of here. Jesus. During the regression, um, Jack, his brother, remembers when the beam hits the canoe. That's right, Jack Wiener. And that's when they got us. And he said the beam of light was like tube-like. And he describes the feeling of going up in this thing, almost feeling like being disintegrated and pulled apart and reassembled, just like in Star Trek, you know, and reassembled on this ship. And But when he's on this ship, it's all hazy, bright as the sun, and uh, he's on his back paralyzed. He's only able to move his eyes. Mm. He sees his friends out of the corner of his eyes, and they're all naked sitting on a bench, but they're not moving. Now, the click, space click. was... Also, it sounds click. like a steam room at a Korean spa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have, well, I have a picture of that. Uh, <laughs> Do you have uh, extra <laughs> five? Yeah, extra five minutes. Yeah. We won't record it. <laughs> wow, crazy, right? Yeah, that's a great spot. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. Um, Those the, they look like Doctor Seuss characters. Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah. Now he says the space was so bright that he couldn't even see the walls when these hazy entities approached. The three of them, one on each side, one at my feet. They weren't human. They were standing there looking at him. He couldn't move, but he wanted to run. Um, Charles was also regressed, and he recalls the encounter being scared, disbelief. The emotions came flooding back. Charles remembers uh, feeling like he was a specimen in a laboratory. And he also recalls him having four fingers with opposable palms. So the fingers would actually do this, you Mm -hmm. know. Where you are uh, uh, putting yeah. your knuckles together with two hands and opening it like a claw. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's exactly right. Now, two hands a little together. bit of the aftermath of what they experienced, um, which is quite interesting. So just to give you an example, Charles was a, a dual in uh, photography and a printmaker, and he wanted to get into uh, education. But after that, all these guys had these new obsessions uh, Charles became obsessed with uh, medicine, physiology, technical medical investigation, uh, possibly inspired by the panel that he recalled being placed over his chest. Um, Jim recalls having Jim these Wiener. strange insights, the processes that occur in nature. He was, a, he was a clay artist, and he started working with these new textures, surface textures, integrating firing techniques. He also became obsessed with uh, old temples layouts, 
And he started to get the idea that uh, that these temple layouts all across the world were really like... Interiors of spaceships? No, but that they served as almost like a macro computer board. Um, I'll, I'll show you a... Uh, kind of like a Jack Kirby drawing. Yeah, but like this. Oh, right. And if you'll see... Uh, he became obsessed with the idea. Oh, so that what these... you're showing us is sort oh. of an overhead view of a temple layout, and it and if you compare that to that of a microchip circuit board, it sort of looks like that. Yeah. So he became with he became obsessed with this idea, and all also these... very Jack Kirby. I was right, yeah. Jack Kirby, and and his, famous Marvel. His brother artist. Jack became obsessed with uh, complex math, trigonometry. Uh, uh, quantum physics, and he ended up actually started designing uh, optic lenses and filters for for the Hubble Repair Telescope and uh, the Mars probe. So all these guys... This is like the Fantastic Four. Yeah, they really <laughs> came back with, with new passion. Obs- passion isn't the right word. It's really obsession. So it's f- three adult men, and how many... Ch- where, where were it the kids? It was four men. Four men. Four men, no kids. Four no were, kids, yeah. Chuck Rack. Yeah, Chuck Rack, Charles Jim Fultz, Jim and Jack Wiener. And the Wieners. Now, not only that, but, uh, you know, Raymond Fowler hired a, uh, a polygraph uh, to have them all take a polygraph. And they were administered a polygraph test by a professional uh, who used to work with the FBI and then worked for the Massachusetts Police Department. They all passed. They all were being forthright in their, in their abduction recall. And... Uh, they would later go on to the Joan Rivers show where she brought in her own uh, polygraph expert from the Secret Service. They all passed that. Dude, we have to find We've this episode find of, the Joan R- of Joan Rivers. Now, this is such a strange case because, you know, they all confirmed uh, what really happened. It was it was four separate accounts. And uh, I'd love it if it were that simple, but these often these stories never are. And... If you read Raymond Fowler's book, The Allagash Abduction, um, you learn that Jim and Jack, even Chuck, had paranormal experiences growing up. Chuck would uh, see things in his bedroom, little balls of light. Um, Jim and Jack Wiener, uh, they they had this poltergeist activity in and around their home that even their parents experienced. They ended up naming this ghost Harry. Now, during some of these regression sessions... Harry Wiener. Yeah, Harry Wiener. Now, during some of these regression sessions, <laughs> they... Uh, had to be said. They recall um, these creatures uh, entering their bedroom. When they were kids. When they were kids. Yeah, that ball of light's not out there to... Jack recalls... To look at a, a, a moonlit lake. Now, after the abduction, Jack recalls another abduction experiences that he underwent with his wife, Mary. I want to read to you the direct transcript from the regression. Okay. This is Jack Wiener. During the night of May 20th, 1988, Jack's dog woke him up when he scratched at the door wanting to get out to relieve itself. When Jack got up to put him out, he was shocked to see a blue light shining through the kitchen window. He went out to look and saw a glowing object hovering over the field adjoining his house. He decided to bring the dog back in. In the morning, he thought he had dreamed about the whole thing. However, under hypnosis, he relived a shared abduction experience with his wife in minute detail. Mary only remembered dreaming about deer with big eyes coming to their bedside. Whoa. She did not respond to hypnosis. The following is an excerpt from Jack's hypnosis sessions. It's blue, a blue light. And I think... That's funny. That's not the moon. And then I go to the window and I look out the window 
And what I see is amazing. I see a big bright light and it's right over the truck in the field outside my house. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I can't believe that. And so I say, Mary, get up, get up and look. And I run to the door and I go out the door and I'm, and I'm running towards the light up in the field. Then I see the dog running alongside me. And so I, I pick him up and I run back to the house. The light is still there and it's moving. And then I put the dog back in bed and I'm thinking, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this now. I don't want to look at the light. So I'm going back to bed and I'm thinking, I don't want to deal with this now. Why are they here now? And I'm scared. So I pull the covers over my head and Mary's next to me. And then I know, I know that something's in the house. I just know that they're there and I'm under the covers and I think, oh God, oh God, why are they here now? I don't want this to happen. And then the covers move and I feel something on the cover. And then the covers are down and I'm looking there. And I was right. They're right there. Oh God, they're right there, right next to my bed. It has big eyes and a big head and it's dark and there's a light behind it coming in at the door. And it's just taking the covers away and I don't want to look at it. And I look at Mary. There's another one there and it's next to Mary. I wish that I could do something, but I can't. I have to do what they want. And the light is out there. They want me to go out there. And it goes on into more detail. But I want to show you a picture of their house where he said they would take him uh, through these beams of light. Now, this house is a stucco house covered in ivy. And, uh, oh, God, I hope I, I hope I have it. Shit, where are you? That's, That's right. okay. Take your time. This is terrifying, by the way. Uh, it's right I next have to, to s- an Amico station. <laughs> with a big blue sign. Oh, man, I can't I find... have to sleep alone tonight. So There's a picture of the house where he said they came in through the beam. Well, just describe it for us since our and, listeners uh, can't see it anyway. Well, the house is completely covered in green ivy. Mm-hmm. And getting it off stucco is nearly impossible. Where they said this beam of light hit, it's just all you, you can clearly see the stucco and the window. There's no ivy around Whoa, it. Almost so as it if cooked the, ivy, the ivy off? Or, yeah, the ivy refused to grow thereafter. It just moved out of the Whoa. way. Um, we'll put it up on the Instagram. We'll put it up on the Instagram. I mean, the more you get into this story and these guys' experience, the more you're just... I mean, the rabbit hole gets further and further down. But that's the story of the Allagash Four who Whoa. were abducted in, uh, in Maine in 1976. That was cool. That, that was, was very like, cool. That was like one of those movies where they don't give you the title until the very end of the film. Mm-hmm. You're just like immediately in for the ride. We yeah. didn't know where I didn't know what this was called. Yeah, I the Allagash abductions. I don't know if you convinced me of the uh, oh, abduction, right but I Here's definitely believe that men need to talk to each other more. <laughs> <laughs> just communicate. <laughs> well, that's cool. Let me yeah. see. Oh, oh that's yeah. very weird. Plus, they that's all had uh, they all had marks uh, from the the surgical implementation that was done aboard the spaceship. Scars. Uh, that were left on their bodies where hair wouldn't grow and stuff. Mm, so there was Jesus. there was all kinds of amount of evidence. Here's another. Uh, when an alien touches you, ivy won't grow, hair won't grow. <laughs> <laughs> no, men won't bond. Yeah, uh, Greg, what the hell is that? I mean, here's my here here's my thoughts. I don't I don't know why these guys would cook up a story together like that, but I I do wonder why they wouldn't immediately that night sit down really talk about it not say let's just go to bed not 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 mention it to their wives and lovers and children it just seems like 
That two-year time jump feels like a real glitch in the narrative. Does well, it just mess the, them up so much? Here's the thing. To answer that question, you know, the next thing they remembered was being back on the beach. So there was, and the fire that were six high, six foot high flames was now gone. So what that so time had passed, missing time of of who knows how many hours, maybe mm-hmm. five to seven hours. So they were emotionally and physically drained. They all just remember wanting nothing to do but go to sleep that night. There is a thing that happens sometimes as a side effect of this phenomenon, where it does seem like sometimes people will be in a state of mind where they're like, I just want to forget about this. And they do kind of like as if it is actively regressing as they're experiencing the immediate aftermath of it. Well, that's right. They all remembered seeing the light, but the memory of those abductions were were buried down deep. Mm. Um, And, you know, what I meant to say was, you know, when they got back home, they told people they saw a strange light. Yeah. And that's all they really remembered. And yeah. so people were just like, that's cool, you know, it must and, have been and life a, went on. It must have been a hardware store. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. But uh, and, and then it's 76, life went on. People also don't like to report this stuff because they sound crazy. Right, yeah. right. But, I, but, but it sounds like as soon as they were having these, like... Uh, memories they started talking about it yeah it whatever was, what happened to was it jim wiener who fell and hit his head yeah so he he fell and hit his head how and, is he did he was he okay after that yeah he, he he's okay i mean he still Brain suffers damage. back pain they're both still around and they still have occasional experiences chuck rack's gone uh chuck rack is still around now to you know to add a little bit more scrutiny to this case chuck rack would go on later to say nah you know what i don't i, I i'm uh I'm taking it back. We were never abducted. Classic, we all, classic we all saw that yeah. strange light, you know, and I did have ex- paranormal experiences when I was younger, but we weren't abducted. Yeah. You kind of know exactly what kind of guy he is by the name Chuck Rack. Oh, totally. <laughs> he was yeah. totally the alpha of yeah. that group. Yeah. And yeah. they were like, yeah, Chuck's making us do this like fishing trip. And he's just like, come on, guys. Pussies, like, let's go out the <laughs> yeah. boat. And they were like, all right. But, Chuck was into this whole but abduction But that narrative thing for doesn't make sense. You know, he said they they wanted to tell all that story for financial gain. There was no financial no, well, gain yeah. to I've be made. I've never heard of this shit. This. Nobody's ever made money, you know. Allagash uh, Beer made a ton of money. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. The only place the that's made thing, money. Yeah. Wow. Wait, that's so, crazy. What a truly spooky though, story. Wait, Bryce. Yeah. Because I thought your reading of this was great. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Um, do, what do you think? Do you do you act like because you've you've spent a lot more time like looking at yeah. the evidence? This is one case of abduction out of probably hundreds, if not thousands. And the standard motif that we see is all here in the story: the buried memories, the surgical implementation, and the, weird stuff as a kid the, that feels almost like ghost activity yeah, and exactly not alien right. activity. Yeah. that comes up a lot. It's very weird. It's true that 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 this stuff has been, you know, that this stuff has been following either Jim and Jack because they were interested in them as twins. And, uh, you you know, it wasn't just a one-off. And you find this in so many of these other classic cases. I I don't know if you're familiar with Betty and Barney Hill, that famous uh, uh, mixed couple who were abducted in the 60s. We might be talking about We might be talking about We might be talking about But the more you look into that, the more you realize that that, uh, Betty herself had stranger experiences going all through on her life. So Let's save that for... A special occasion. Yeah, absolutely. But it's a strange <laughs> phenomenon. Really subtle that's, hinting there, Mike. Yeah, nice work. yeah. But uh, I, I do believe that uh, that something takes place. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but it seems to be that the you know. 
there's a memory there. Uh, all, well, when they all draw that same thing and they all yeah. have these, you know, the same encounter story, the veracity holds up. I mean, you're saying guys, not a hardware store. Absolutely. Guys, I mean, that's there's ridiculous. one thing we got to do. We got to go fishing together. We got yeah. to. Hey, you let's know what? Fishing Joshua special. Tree Weekend. Anyone know uh, SOS <laughs> on a flashlight? Fishing. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Three short, three long. <laughs> well, that wraps up another session in the clubhouse. Uh, Greg Hess, it was so awesome having you here. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, guys. Yeah. That was Great a Great stories, yeah. by the way. <laughs> totally. Uh, we could talk to you a lot longer. We got to let you go. Um, like Bigfoot, we like to ask our guests, where in the woods can you be found? Where in the woods? Is, is the woods the internet? The woods is the internet. <laughs> Any projects Pretty you're much. working on? Or yeah. the actual woods. Yeah, yeah. you can That's find me. Um, I'm at Hey Greg Hess on Twitter and on Instagram. And um, yeah, if you're in L.A., come to the Largo and see Improvised Shakespeare Company or UCB. Come see Cook County Social Club. And... And what check about out, Mega? And check out our podcast. podcast. It's called Mega the Podcast. It's an improvised podcast set inside a fictional mega church. Fantastic. Amen. It's very funny. <laughs> Bryce, uh, you have a big plug right now going yeah, on? Yeah. Continue to watch uh, episodes of Expedition Bigfoot on the Travel Channel, Travel Channel Go, and Hulu on Sunday nights, 10, 9 Central. Uh, we're coming up on the Yeah, the, we're halfway, the final through the, halfway through the series. Yeah, we're coming and, up and, uh, very close to the end. Yeah, it's getting real. Cannot wait. Wait, uh, Riley, it's January 8th. What's up? Ooh, that Spindrift record is coming out soon. I don't know exactly when, but it's coming out on Alternative Tentacles. So Fantastic. Get a I, white game. Check that out. You, Mike. Uh, nothing for me. Uh, follow me, Mick Mills, on all the stuff. Uh, follow us, uh, Bigfoot Collectors Club on Instagram and Bigfoot Pod on Twitter. Uh, and uh, check out our Patreon, Bigfoot Collectors Club, the other side at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Do it. And that's it. Until uh, next week, I remain Michael McMillan for Bryce Johnson, Riley Bray, and our special guest, Greg Hess. Thank Go you dogs so much. for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, until then, good night. Go get regressed. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. 
Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.